On a blistering hot day in Lake Castellate, we saw a race that further proved how Charlotte Claire is addicted to getting pole but missing out on the win. Max Verstappen takes the checkered flag at the French Grand Prix, accompanied by Mercedes double podium, which was gifted to them thanks to Ferrari doing Ferrari things. It's lights out, and away we go with episode 71 of the Eden Asphalt Podcast. <laughs> Marco, how we feeling? Good. I like honestly shattered my expectations of like what this was gonna be. We had you know somebody go out and lead. We had like good battles all in the midfield. Some questionable strategy calls, which always gives us a lot to talk about. How we feeling after this French Grand Prix? I am uh, feeling uh, not too well, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not so good. I feel like a shit. Uh, yeah, I mean it was an awesome race, uh, but man, I mean if you're a Ferrari fan like myself. Yeah, can't be too happy. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, you know, you know my struggles with being a McLaren fan over the last couple of weeks. I can't say that I'm not getting a little bit of enjoyment out of this, just seeing, you know, the Kings not necessarily be Kings mm-hmm. here. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, like, overall, um, for what I have in my brain as what France usually is, 10 out of 10 yeah. for, for, like, in terms of entertainment for this race. Uh, All right, well, let's get to it then. We have on today's episode 71 of the Nasfall Podcast, we have our good, bad, and ugly. Let you know our race haikus, uh, race recaps, and then predictions recap, which for the first time in a long time, I am excited for. So let's get right into it with our good, bad, and ugly. Marco, why don't you go first? All right, my good is going to be ice cream on holidays. Ooh. Do you have any idea why I would do that as my good? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I was I was listening to the commentary. Yeah. So if you were not listening to the commentary, old Paul, um, our guy, was trying to make a metaphor using around. I believe it was tire degradation and uh, comparing that to the sugar intake with ice cream, and basically said, imagine having ten dollars where you could spend all that money on ice cream uh, and just have a huge sugar high, or you could space it out and have it throughout the day. And I was like, wow, that, now I get it. Now I get what he's talking about. Ian, what did you think about that awesome metaphor? <laughs> yeah, what was, the other one was like, or, uh, he was like, you could spend a pound on ice cream or 10 pence on like uh, 10 different lollipops. And it's like, hey, man, what the fuck let are it go. What are you saying? What are you saying? Let this one get you. This one obviously got away from you. And then worse was that like they kept going back to that yeah. metaphor a couple times. Yeah, I, would, I think they were like, yeah, this is like, he really wants to get this in the notes. He gets, he just keeps saying like, <laughs> hit highlight on the ice cream on holiday stuff. I'm like, all right. Yeah, he accidentally wrote it down like three different times in his notes, and like he was like, oh fuck. This wait, is like one of the things. This, this is one of the things that before the race he came to the producers and he was like, hey, I, this is my line in the sand. We're gonna talk about my ice cream metaphor as many times as I want, or I walk. I'm like, all right, like, make sure it makes sense. He's like, it, got it. 
he's like way ahead of you. Don't for worry about that. <laughs> and not being really confusing to everybody else listening. Twitter was ablaze when he was doing that. A lot of uh, like the Mercedes fans already hate Paul Duresic because he's a little bit Red Bull leaning, uh, and like kind of shows his bias. And yeah, when when he he was just a sitting duck with that, just like having horrible. They're like, hey, let's get this guy out of the booth, please. Dude, it was like the 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 meme of the kid with the stick, and it was like, do something. It was like. <laughs> Say something that makes sense. Uh, so that was my good. I thought that was very entertaining. One of the more enjoyable parts of the race for me. My bad is going to be Pierre Gasly's parents because they kept showing them pretty much like half of quals, even though uh, he got they got more FaceTime than any driver, I think, did Saturday and Sunday. They just kept showing them in the garage. Uh, and then I think you know, a couple minutes after that, we see him not making out of Q1, so uh, huge. And then today show him pretty like finishing in pretty familiar territory this is his home race obviously they're there for that reason and finishing in p12 so it's just like a little awkward watching them try to look happy watching their son underperform yeah do you think they had that in the back of their heads like hey we're gonna get some face time here let's at least try to put on a smile while our our boy is not necessarily doing his best (laughs) i think like they they were showing him once uh, in q1 where he was like he got the first lap time so he was up in p1 they're like oh like that's great news and then it was like two minutes later he was like 17 i was like oh god well that turned around quickly it's like oh well, that's you always them a- and and they passed yeah. them and mick passed them i was like oh those aren't good names to be being passed yeah. by that's always fun like that's a great part of quality where you're like oh all the screenshots that they get they all the screenshots that get taken of like, whoa, look, Lance Stroll is fastest out of everybody. It's like, no, he's just the first out of everybody. Yeah, only one. Only one. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then my ugly, my last, is going to be technology. So pretty much F1 is completely run on technology. High-end, very, very expensive technology. And uh, even so, they are actually capable of having a little bit of blunders during the race because uh, they were displaying incorrect ending of the virtual safety car in the final laps of the race. So, like, pretty important part of the race where, yeah. like, hey, we don't have we don't have much time for drivers to fix the mistake that we made. Uh, I think there was three laps remaining. And uh, Perez, you know, had been, uh, after the race, pretty vocal, saying that that's the reason that it cost him a spot on the podium. He commented that he thought the way that it was supposed to end on nine, he was told ended on 13, um, you know, messed up his timing. And it seemed like George had different information, which is why George had a good Ooh. jump on that. Uh, FIA Ooh. was like, hey, it was a blunder, but everyone got the same information. I don't know if, there, if there's a way you could actually, like, I'm sure with all this technology, you can find out that answer, right? There's got to be some, like, they could go back and be like, oh, yeah. Think. Yeah, right. Like, Mercedes got, hey, it ends on, it ends on 13, attack. <laughs> like, the FIA <laughs> sending the message, attack on right around 12. <laughs> go uh but yeah. yeah that was funny and then yeah of course um of course the the red bull crew had to chime in as well being like yeah it's d- definitely like just fia insider trading um so yeah ugly technology pick it up pick it up this is this is a sport whose foundation is technology and we can't have those blunders but yeah good good bad and ugly well done uh, my good, bad, and ugly, starting with the positive, let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the silver arrows of Mercedes. First double podium for them this season. That's a big one. Um, they, you know, they, they seem to be getting just a lot of podiums. Like, I dug into the number. As a team, Mercedes have just two less podiums between both drivers than Ferrari has. 
Uh, four podiums in a row for Lewis, five total podiums for Lewis this season, which is the same number as Charles Leclerc, which is just so hilarious considering the difference in machinery. But yeah, like make no mistake, some of these podiums are lucky for sure. Like when they get on the podium, almost every time it has to do with somebody either like crashing out in front of them, some you know somebody on the on the top two teams either having to start from the back or having a bad strategy. But I mean, like credit where credits due. You have to take advantages when they're given to you. You have to take advantage of the opportunities when the opportunities arise, and they've been doing that so consistently that you know that's the reason they're only forty four points behind uh, behind Ferrari right now. So I think every uh, every Mercedes fan has had a pretty rough start to the season, but there have definitely been you know, points of, uh, like, high points for them. So, good job, Mercedes. My bad, my bad is going to be hot mics. David Coulthard, guy who raced in F1 for 15 years, super involved in the, you know, commentary paddock. Um, he was doing the post-race interviews for the podium winners. He's a relatively cocky guy, I think. Like, I think he likes, just like every race driver, you know, he competed at the pinnacle of racing. Like, you know, he just likes to hear himself talk. He likes himself a lot. Um, sort of rambling on during his, his interview with Max. Like, he would do that thing that is just a horrible interview technique where it's like, okay, you ask the question, but then you give a whole paragraph giving you, like, context of why you asked the question. Uh, and then Paul DeResta, our boy PDR, got caught lacking on a hot mic saying, stop talking, while Coulthard <laughs> was doing that on the broadcast. And I was like, it was just one of those where I was like, wait, like, hold on, who said that? Like, I know that, I know... I, I know the voice is like who said that just kind of made me think like how clicky the F1 commentator like group is like that family quote unquote who likes who who hates who how much does everybody hate Will Buxton you know all those questions kind of arise Um, but yeah hot mics David Coulthard getting caught and then it wasn't necessarily a hot mic because I think you have to press a button when you're in the car to speak to the uh, speak to like your engineer in your garage. Um, but Lance Stroll was, gave off the perfect uh, radio message of just like, leave me alone. Yeah. So remnants of Kimi Raikkonen back in the days and leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. But you can tell. I think it's just like of all of the driver team relationships that are on the grid, I would bargain to say that Lance Stroll and Aston Martin is one of the worst, even though his dad basically is Aston Martin F1. So, yeah, um, yeah that was just it was an excellent like I heard that and I was like, oh, man, the spirit of Kimmy lives on. Right, right. Yeah, it's just, not, yeah, like a worse Kimmy and not enjoyable yeah. Kimmy. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Less talented Kimmy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm putting him kind of you can't go this far, but he's closer to Mazepin than he is Kimmy, right? Ooh, on the spectrum where Mazepin is on one end and Kimmy's on the other. Right. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I, yeah, he's, he's way closer to Mazepin than he ever was a, a Formula One world yeah, champion, right. for sure. Exactly. Yeah, so that, and uh, I think the last hot mic was uh, Charles hot mic when he crashed, <laughs> dude, and screamed no! like a sorority girl that just got cut from her number one pick. What the fuck? I was like, oh my God, dude. You have to press a button like you said, dude. He was holding that. He wanted the... You wanted the crew to like hear this out. Yeah, that was wild. I'm I'm right on that, right? Like you have to press a button to communicate with the garage. Like they're not constantly tuned in to just like drivers heavy breathing ninety eight percent of the time. <laughs> but like Lewis always has that mic like in his mouth. I think it's inside <laughs> of his mouth. <laughs> He's like, it's all bad, man. Yeah. Great, great job, great job, mate. Uh, moving on from my bad, my ugly, I figured you were going to take Ferrari, which I felt like was a clear choice, so I, I zagged a little bit, but uh, Aston Martin, going on the Lance Stroll, Aston Martin train, 
Getting a little bit chippy toward the end of the race there. It looked like Lance Stroll sort of blocked Sebastian from taking uh, like the last spot of the points um, at that final corner there. Sebastian was dead quiet on the radio after. I saw his, I was watching his onboard when it happened, and he just like kind of put his hands up like, what is this guy doing? So that, accompanied with Lance screaming at his radio, their admin, uh, I don't know if you saw this after qualifying, Part of being like a social media admin, I'm sure, is like, hey, you post the results from our quality. Like, that's just something that you do, keep the fans in the know. Um, so he was just doing his job, but he was getting skewered on Twitter for trying to sound excited about a P14 and P17 team result. Just people being like, hey, guy, like, it's not, this isn't a good thing. Like, stop trying to, I think they did like a clapping emoji, and it's like, no one's getting a round of applause for, right. for P17 <laughs> and P14. But yeah, all around, just another weekend to forget, kind of turning into a season forget uh, to forget for our boys over there at Aston Martin. Yes, it's coming almost to the, not the season to forget, but it was the, the one season to remember. Just yeah. like a quick flash in the pan. At, gosh, I mean, them coming out of the scene being like, oh, we're, we're the big bad boys. And Stroll <laughs> was just living it up. He's like, I, I run this team like I run a business. And I always run a business well. <laughs> Dude, your your company's bankrupt right now, my my guy. <laughs> You've been bankrupt for a while. Now. Yeah, so yeah. That's the good, bad, and ugly. Now let's move on to our race haikus. All right, I will go first on our race haikus here because I want to set the tone. My race haiku is ha 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 ha. My God, it's happened again. Ferrari heartbreak. I don't want to do race haikus anymore. I'll snap it. I'll snap it. <laughs> I was thinking about doing something similar, or it's just like Ferrari, Ferrari, just different. <laughs> Ferrari? Ferrari. Ferrari. Ah uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I was uh, was going through my head as well. I think that is uh, very fair, and that encapsulates my weekend. Yep. Uh, mine is Lewis 300, Charles Meltdown Broke My Ears, Red Bull Are the Champs. Yeah. Man, uh, like, I saw the, someone posted a graphic of, first of all, well done, well done, I appreciate you all. Um, I saw the graphic of the points differential between P1 in the, like, World Drivers' Championship and the Constructors, and just, man, is that a big gap. Like, a lot of racing left, you know, a lot of DNFs for that Honda power unit and for Red Bull to possibly screw up, Max to get too aggressive or something like that, but that's an awfully big gap to close at this point. A lot so. of shaving. If, if, if you're, yeah. like, <laughs> odds are most of the time you're going to have to, you know, you're, you're winning three points if you do come out with points, right? Yeah, exactly. And what is it? What was there, like 50-something, right, the gap? I think I would have to look, or we can look right now. Yeah, I think right now it's 70, or sorry, 82 points between Ferrari and Red Bull. But for the driver, it's, I think it's... Oh. Um, hold on, I, I have it pulled up here. Yeah, driver is 53 points, yeah. you're right. Cut off. Which, which... 63 points, 60, 63 yeah, yeah. So sixty-three. Yeah, and for the most part, it's, unless Max is retiring, you're, most of these time these guys are going to be a one-two. So yeah, you're, right. you're you're shaving off three points at hopefully every single race. That's uh, I don't think you're going to win. Yeah, if my math no. is correct, unless they're they're adding like fourteen <laughs> or fifteen other circuits to, <laughs> to the uh, to the schedule this year. Yeah, I mean, all the scuderia is definitely preying on the downfall of the Red Bull power unit. Hopefully, it happens in Max's car instead of just 
honestly, every other car. Sergio's had problems a lot, it seems like. I mean, maybe Max had problems at the beginning of the year, but yeah, dude, a lot of shaving, like you said. But well done to us, as always, for our race haikus. And now let's move on to our race recap. All right, starting off with our quals and free practice. Uh, I don't think there was too much to really harp on on quals. I think that uh, two things going into it was obviously the Ferrari and the Haas uh, had a engine penalty. Uh, it was cool to see them go out and actually still con continue to compete. So uh, K-Mag and Sainz putting it into Q3, uh, kicking some other drivers out of that opportunity, knowing full yeah, well. Yeah, fuck that, that. I love that, dude. I, I totally <laughs> love that. I was just... The amount of gifts that I saw of like K Meg, that picture of him flicking off the camera and just being like, K Meg, when he doesn't have any reason to be in Q3, still just taking <laughs> spots away from people, just masterclass. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I did wish, uh, so they didn't get their, their laps recorded for Q3, but I really wish that like Gunther and the team were like, you know what, let's, let's make Ferrari actually do something with that second car. Had K Mag do a lap and then make signs actually go out there and try to beat it i mean obviously it's the difference between 19 and 20 and i'm sure it wouldn't it would be a quick pass by but i mean i guess every spot where you're starting out counts but um yeah i think that was a that was an interesting fun part of quals the other part was i mean we talked about the strategy issues with ferrari this entire time they do do finally on a saturday do something right uh there had been a lot of uh criticism with uh, coming from charles um about just the timing of when they get their cars out in quals, they're not helping it out and not in good position to be able to tow. And, but I, I think it was actually not the strategy. Like, I don't think it was the, the crew that actually decided this. It seemed like Carlos kind of just took it upon himself yeah. to really help him out. So we can't really even give the, the pit team credit. It was the driver. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I saw people were like, oh, they finally did. I was like, I, I, Carlos even said, he was like, I knew kind of what part of the track I would like to get help. Uh, like get help on and I knew where, where to move out of the way. So I did that and I was like, okay, so they still are incompetent, I guess over there in yeah. that garage. So yeah, uh, I think that, yeah, that was for me, those were the, the, I guess the biggest parts of calls. Yeah. Ferrari is the guy in the group project where the group gets an A and he's like, well, I'm technically associated with this, you know, Carlos did all the work, but Hey, Carlos is a Ferrari driver. So Ferrari gets credit. Yeah, we, we as a team did very well on this decision. <laughs> yeah. Our success, not Carlos. <laughs> um, good stuff. Let's move on to our top five constructors as it stands right now with 89 points in the constructors championship. Uh, P5 is McLaren, so Danny Ricardo qualling P9, finishing P9. Lando Norris uh, losing some some ground, actually, qualling P5, and even with somebody going out in front of him, finished P7. So um, dropped more points to Alpine, but all in all, pretty good race. Uh, I think, like, you know, quiet. Finishing two races in a row with both drivers getting into the points. So, like, there's there are encouraging signs, I'd say, um, overall, but just, you know, the, it seemed like... They didn't really put up much of a fight with faster cars that were behind them. Like Carlos, I think it, that was a hilarious pass on on both Danny and Lando. They were both like, "Yeah, no, no, thank you, sir. Like we would not like to put, we would not like to fight with you." Like, move along, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I mean, they are. They said, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago that their most of their focus has shifted to developing their 2023 car. So um, I don't have, you know, I'm I'm happy with this. P5 uh, for the 2022 season as it stands right now. 
Um, I think right now in the constructors, P6 is 48 points behind them. Like Alpha Romeo is 48 points behind. So, or sorry, 38. So I think like, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable, but I also thought that I was comfortable when Alpine was behind, uh, behind McLaren. So time will tell, but, uh, overall, I think very, very average about what you would expect from the McLaren boys this weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely for that four spot. It's just between McLaren. Like they're, they're a little island on themselves. These two. Big right. pretty drop yeah, off this... there, and like, I mean, obviously, it's a two-team kind of three-team race for the top three. So yeah, they're just they're chilling, and I think it's just going to be. I, I feel like almost like a death by a thousand cuts, where I feel like most races going forward, this is how I would assume both Alpine and McLaren finish. Like McLaren, yeah, uh, just uh, like a place behind both Alpines almost, and they're just slowly yep. the gap's going to build. Like that's how I see this happening. So it's going to go from like four points to seven to 12. Like, I think it's just going to slowly kind of do that. So I'm sure that's going to be very entertaining to see, like just slowly leave your grips of uh, potential P4. <laughs> and speaking of the well, P4, <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, I mean, you were pretty mean to me today. So, I, mean, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, deserved. Man. Yep. Uh, speaking <laughs> of that P4 team, Alpine, Espan Ocon, P10, up to P8. Fernando Alonso, a P7, up to P6 with 93 points. So yeah, that big four point lead now on McLaren. Like we keep saying about Alpine, it's just, they, they were the best of the rest. Uh, this car has just really strong straight line speed. Um, they have all year and Fernando's had a, a pretty good, strong, sneaky string of points uh, races. Hasn't finished outside of the points since his P11 finish in Miami. So yeah, I mean, he's been competitive. Not only is it, I mean, I know he was P6 here, but uh, many races, he was kind of battling for a P3 or P4 spot. So it's not just the, hey, they're getting one to two points. But yeah, I mean, they're, they have a good enough car at times to compete with the big dogs. Um, but yeah, like we said, just at this rate, I don't see what McLaren's been doing. And I don't see, um, I guess, like dropping out of Alpine to think that this will change. So I think we, yeah. we kind of have this P4, P5, in my opinion, set. I think so too. Um, so I, we could just probably end the season right here, right? And then yeah. just like for the constructors, at least. Would you be happy? <laughs> would you be happy with McLaren finishing with the P five? No, but I think the <laughs> worst thing that could possibly happen is Alfa Romeo oh takes McLaren. <laughs> I mean, they've Dude, had uh, they've had a bit of a drop off from the beginning of the year. If they ended up just fumbling that bag to P five, that would be a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> Dude, imagine a podcast where I get to come on and talk F1, but I don't get to talk about my team because they're not in the top five of constructors. <laughs> dude, you know? oh, that's, that's a great point. Didn't what's the point? That? What is the point, dude? <laughs> uh, you can do like a, your own little side podcast. It was just uh, <laughs> the McLaren podcast hosted and presented by Ian. Yeah, it's All five you, minutes. It's, it's less than say, that. It's, it's literally like the race predictions recap, or no, the, the recap, but you include McLaren. Yep, exactly, yeah. It's basically just four minutes of me screaming and with crying. And it's like, all right, guys, tune in next week. We're going to do the same shit over again. All right, let's stop talking about the P4 battle because it's too depressing. And let's talk about our P3 constructor standing right now with 270 points. Mercedes is uh, our P3 constructor at the moment. Lewis Hamilton uh, calling P4 and getting onto the podium spot at P2. 
George Russell calling P6 and also getting onto the podium spot at P3. So still off the pace, clearly. Uh, I think, you know, after the safety car restart, Lewis and Max were uh, were like right next to each other. And then by the end, I think the gap was like around 11 seconds. So um, it's, you know, they're, they're not the quickest car, but boy, do they seem reliable. Like, uh, it just seems like all of these, you know, they haven't really had... A, I mean, in, in my recent memory, they haven't had a time where, like, their engine has failed them, right? So yeah. it's always just been driver error that they've had a DNF for. So, um, you know, 44 points behind Ferrari, just Lewis Hamilton's number behind Ferrari, uh, which is, again, as we said before, like, absolutely so preposterous to think that, you know, the difference between performance of the Ferrari and Mercedes up to this point is only a 44-point difference. So thank you to thank you to Ferrari for giving Mercedes that extra little boost. Glimmer of hope. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, and then, like, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it with Red Bull, too, but, like, what I thought was kind of the move of the whole race, like, the, the, the kind of the highlight of the whole race in terms of, like, a single driver's performance was George's move during the safety car. Yeah, there were, like, you know, a little bit of discre- discrepancies on, like, the technology and, you know, when when the safety car was going to end, but, uh, but I just thought, like, it was... George just alphaing Sergio um, in terms of like getting like it, the the safety car started up and it was like wait how how did he just get that oh, position I, there? I, I was like did I miss something? Yeah, like, did we ask, it, so. with all of George's complaining did they finally let uh, listen to him? Like yeah, you have to get that spot up. Yeah, dude. Especially when like I mean we also speaking of George and Sergio, George forced Sergio off the track. Yeah. No, like no question about it there, right? But like George was I, like oh I, he like oh I want that spot back. That's a good team. I don't think so. I was like, you, yeah, you I, were I, an error. Like, you're lucky to not get penalized, I thought. Like he I mean he had his right front like touch the white line, which meant like there was no room for Sergio and he was definitely not in front of Sergio. So yeah, I don't know what Sergio could have done there, but both drivers, as as typically happens when this kind of stuff goes down, is like both drivers are mad, be like, Hey, you saw that, right? That like that was his guy that was that this was the other guy's fault, so um, just classic, classic little banter between driver and garage. But yeah, I think overall, if you're a Mercedes fan, I think you are bullish, right? It's especially re- relative to how the season was starting. Like, um, I think if you were to tell Mercedes fans of like round two or round three, um, like very early on in the season, like, hey, you're only 44 points behind Ferrari, who seemed way faster back in Bahrain. Like, let's, you know, let's let's take the positive out of this. Uh, they seem to be improving. Like Mercedes is a good team that is improving where I think, uh, you know, they're, they're the competition ahead of them in P2. Uh, actually, I'm going to stop. Why don't you take P2? Okay. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I, I was going to say one thing I did really enjoy, though, about that uh, George just for lap, for a couple of laps of him complaining about that, like, oh, Sergio, tell, like, Sergio has to give me my spot back. Uh, I love Toto coming on the radio and he's like, hey, just shut up drive you can pass him later yeah. like it was just like enough <laughs> fucking finish racing stop acting like a little kid uh so it was nice to hear toto just kind of like lay down the law you, you george shut the fuck up right right when that happened uh, it was a couple times wasn't it yeah, that it was toto twice, came on yeah. like hey please please stop please just pass the guy in front of you do yeah. your job yeah like we we get it like it's so, like you said i mean you they basically have to like try to convince everyone by being super vocal, being like, oh, it's definitely someone else. Like, do you see, yeah, you see that? Like, you, it's, a, it's like a lawyer trying to present his case, you know? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, very, uh, I, I loved uh, Toto. I don't see like many other probably uh, principles like that coming on, being like, hey, fuck off, stop. Um, <laughs> yeah. So moving on to RP2 Ferrari, 314 points. So 44 points ahead of Mercedes. 
84 points down from Red Bull. Oof. Carlos Sainz, P19, all the way up to P5. Charles Clare at P1 to a painful DNF. So uh, <laughs> Ferrari's just going to Ferrari, man. Um, we had a driver mishap. We had a strategy mishap. We had a pit stop mishap. So it wasn't like, I guess there's p- fingers pointing in every aspect at this Ferrari team. You can't really just pick on the pit crew, even though like the strategist didn't do good. But it wasn't just them. Like uh, it was, I'm going to try to, I'll start off with the, the positive here. It was nice seeing okay. Carlos fly up the gr- grid. Like we said, yeah. having like a different aspect to the race, having someone who in a very fast car, a very strong driver, move through the, the I mean, him and K-Mac. I think like the first four laps, they all they both moved up like eight spots immediately. So uh, that was a very entertaining yeah. aspect to it. And then just seeing him kind of constantly, uh, you know, have to pit, do it all again, was enjoyable. Um, and then I guess that was about, that was, the positive, uh, because <laughs> during one of those pit stops, uh, pit stop issue, um, where the, I don't think that a, a bolt all the way through, signs came out and uh, almost crashed into Alex Albon, getting a five-second time penalty, which leads into uh, them kind of talking about, was it the right decision to pit Carlos at the end of the race? Ten laps left or, or so. Uh, they bring him in on a new set. He drops down to like 12, maybe, 11. And it's the 10 laps to, you know, make up as much time as you want, as you, as you possibly can. People were saying that. And, you know, if he was to stick on the tires, there's a chance that he's up there. He's going to have that fight. He's going to – he has enough performance to get that five-second uh, gap. And the penalty is not going to come into effect. I think Mattia was saying that, you know, the tire degradation, that they didn't think that it could potentially uh, make it all the way. They didn't think. So he was kind of backing up that they made the right decision, but it didn't seem like the tires were that old. It didn't seem like the performance was starting to sway. Uh, I think this was just kind of a, hey, we made this decision. I have to support this decision we made. I don't think very many people saw that that was a good idea. No, I think even the commentators were pretty vocal about like, hey, what is Ferrari doing right now? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that was a, you know, in, once again, kind of for debate. It was great to see him make it up to P5, uh, like very impressive, still continuing to just like, he picked up the uh, fastest lap because of the new tire change, so like got a point there. Um, so wasn't great, not the worst. Uh, another, something that was very frustrating that uh, also the announcers had qualms with was they come on the pit, uh, they come over the radio to signs as he's attempting to pass Perez, like mid-pass, saying, box, box, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Read <laughs> read the room. And uh, I don't think this is a conversation to be had as he's attempting to pass another driver in like a pivotal spot. It wasn't like a, him, him passing a Aston Martin where it's like, okay, just move by, like we'll kind of move on to the next one. This was like, hey, you're passing a Red Bull. This is a tough pass, let's figure this out. But yeah, to come on that and tell even signs like, hey, Guys, what are we doing here? Like, let's let's be a little bit more professional. I don't know. I'm gonna check these guys' resumes because I don't <laughs> I don't understand how they got this job uh, and how they or they have uh, some type of um, like blackmail on Ferrari or uh, Mattia or someone. But uh, yeah, I just don't understand how like they can see that time is the right time to say, hey, just uh, heads up. Well, I know you're a little bit busy, but we're gonna have you uh, move over and pit. Yeah, it's it. 
just a bad day, man. Like, <laughs> so many, like, there was a driver to blame for a bad day. There was a pit crew to blame for a bad day. There were strategists to blame for a bad day. Like, I just think, uh, you know, like, overall, France is one to absolutely forget and store away in the don't ever look at this again file. So, yeah. Um, well, I, I was going to just say uh, that was all of Carlos. And then, obviously, we know the, the Charles aspect of it, of doing a great job, did a great job holding off Max for a number of uh, laps at the very beginning. Started to break away from him, um, as you saw. And then, yeah, just like you said, user error there. Three races this, this year alone where Charles's car has been retired while leading. Three. So, Jesus. I mean, that is uh, 75, at least 75 points right there uh, down the tube which is massive. Uh, and yeah, so just not only are you losing 75 points, you're gifting Red Bull, uh, you know, an extra, an extra nine points themselves. So yeah, I mean, it's just like, they are just shooting themselves. They're taking a, uh, a machine gun and shooting themselves in the foot, not just one. They're just fucking blasting these feet off. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a weekend forget. I think they had one good weekend uh, last two weeks ago where, you know, Charles makes it P1, and Charles had his issues with the team. Like, he took the plane home, to, uh, didn't go back to Ferrari. You know, there was a little bit of anger, and they were like, hey, we fixed it. All good. Don't worry about it. We're back. And then it was, like, back to the same old shit. Yeah. Nope, not tr- – definitely some trouble in paradise for uh, people who – I think, like, two races in were like, oh, this is going to be – like, Ferrari's going to have this already wrapped up by summer break, and boy, do they not, so – um, but moving on from Ferrari, like Marco said, 82 points uh, ahead of Ferrari is Red Bull Racing. Uh, 396 points for Red Bull right now. Max Verstappen calling P2, finishing on the top step of the podium in P1. Sergio Perez calling uh, P3 and then just missing out on the podium thanks to George Russell finishing P4. So not a horrible, I mean, by no means a horrible weekend for them. Finishing 1-4 is about all that you can expect to do, especially when 2-3 are people who you're not really even fighting with at this point. Um, so P1 sort of falling into Max's lap with that Charles spin. And then Perez, we talked about it, but I think he, like P3 could have been wrapped up for him if he hadn't seemingly had that little lapse of judgment or whatever whatever it was that led to George passing him. So, yeah, I, um, I wanted to, m- to make the focus of this race recap you talking about Ferrari, so I'm going to cut it there. But overall, like I said about Mercedes fans, I think Red Bull fans are in a good spot too now. They don't have anybody like necessarily really breathing down their back, but the good news is all that can change in one weekend with a double retirement, which we've seen from Red Bull. So it still, still really is anybody's championship. There's just going to have to be some fireworks for it to, to change the lead right now. Yeah, that's pretty sad where like, that's where you're kind of resorting to like hey if they both <laughs> retire and ferrari gets a one two and fastest lap like then we're they're totally back in it man it's like fuck all really, that, really? Yeah. all that has to happen is both drivers get season long covid for the rest of the time and then they can't get any more points and then you're in baby all right good stuff let's move on from our brilliant race recap i enjoyed that as much as i thought i would going into the to recording this podcast and let's move on to our race predictions recap before we move on to our race predictions recap we have a quick word from our sponsor alpha brain by on it if you're a fan of fellow podcaster joe rogan his podcast 
has a similar audience size to Eaton Asphalt. Uh, you may have heard of this product, but thanks to a recent partnership with the most historied Formula One team, uh, the Alpha Brain by Onnit have made their way into the Eaton Asphalt and Formula One universe. So you know those times where you're so into what you're doing, you just can't think of anything else. You're zoned in, everything is slowed down, your heartbeat is calm. The days where you're just so into what you're doing that you don't even realize how tuned in you are. Well, here at Ferrari, we don't. That's why Scuderia has partnered with AlphaBrain. AlphaBrain helps to support memory, like for times when you forget that you might have the quickest car on the grid, but you keep getting pole and no race wins. It aids mental processing speeds for times where you feel like the pace of your job is just going too quick. It promotes focus for times where you need to realize that you shouldn't talk to your driver when he's in the middle of battling for a podium spot. And even helps with flow state. And by flow state, I mean the flowing of tears that result from your team falling well short of their potential almost every single weekend. So pick up some Alpha Brain by Onnit. Uh, Ferrari definitely have. We'll see how it works. Um, but uh, for now, thanks to our sponsors, Alpha Brain. Yeah, I think they've been doing like the placebo trial run for right now for the first couple of weeks. I think that makes a yeah, lot of sense. Yeah. See, so that's I think hopefully they give them the the real stuff here coming up. Because uh, I guess <laughs> which the, is just Adderall. Yeah, I mean, dude, <laughs> I, I'll take anything. I think they just keep giving them Xanax. I think maybe they're a little slow up there. <laughs> God. Uh, okay. Uh, race predictions recap time. Uh, Marco, why don't you go first? Yeah, um, just just the one uh, max winner for me. So big one. Nice. Yeah. And quick, quickly going into this weekend, Marco was leading seventeen to fourteen. Um, I picked up three points this weekend. I had a good weekend, yeah, so I got Yuki Yuki to DNF. Uh, I predicted double podium for Mercedes. First time that that's happened this season. And I predicted uh, Charles Leclerc for for pole position. So as it stands right now, Marco is still in the lead. Uh, with 18 points to my 17, but a lot of season left. We only have one more race before the summer break, so, you know, enjoy it. This was an early one for me uh, this morning, but, but you know, this is this is the time. This is the stuff I'm going to miss, you know, two weeks from now when I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to go a whole month without any of this. So enjoy it while it's here, baby. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Good deal. Anything else to add before we send the people into? I think we're ra- we are racing next weekend in Hungary, so um, you know it won't be too long. Uh, but anything else? Any closing thoughts here on a on a wonderful French Grand Prix for you, Marco? Hopefully, Charles is hungry for a nice P one win next week. Oh, nice. We need to make a lot of hungry jokes and puns for this uh, for this upcoming yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's overdo it. Overdo the fuck really? out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate it as always, and we will see you for our preview of the Hungarian Grand Prix. See you, assholes. See you, assholes. <laughs>